This message is presented to you by Pastor David Lambert and Exceed Life Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia. For more information, visit ExceedLifeChurch.org. Well, we've been in a series, and um, I added to the series today, and um, it's Come Worship Jesus, Part 5. Amen? And, uh, you know, uh, I don't know about you, but we need to be worshiping God more than, than we probably normally do. We need to be amping up the worship. Somebody say, worship the Lord. And I love this. And we've been going over different expressions of worship. And, uh, you know, uh, we discovered that raising hands is a, is a wonderful way to worship God. Amen. And it re- he reveals our, you know, dependency on God, that we depend on God. How many people depend on God out here? Amen. And, and it reveals uh, not only our dependency on him, our humility. Amen. Uh, and it also re- uh, reveals, you know, our victory in Christ. And I'm telling you, if you're in Jesus, uh, you're winning. I'm going to say it again. If you are in Jesus, you are winning. And then we talked about giving gifts to the Lord and, uh, and then uh, pouring out our hearts. And uh, last Sunday night, uh, you didn't probably hear that message, but it was, it's bowing down before the Lord Jesus. <clears throat> and I mentioned that um, I got saved 37 years ago in a church service on a Sunday night. And uh, I remember that when I, I was actually the Holy Spirit invited me to church that night. I had a thought, go to church. And I knew what church I was supposed to go to. And uh, it was Rock Church. And so it's, it's amazing how God can work. Can somebody say God can do the, the impossible? And so, I mean, God, you know, I was, you know, I was a, a religious man. You know, I, I went to church, but I didn't have Jesus. And there's lots of people out there that are religious people. But we, but we, can't, we, we don't want to be religious. We want to be spiritual. We want to be relational. And, um, and so I went to church not knowing why I was going. And um, what's interesting, the preacher that preached asked um, if you needed Jesus in your life. Uh, he was doing the, the prayer at the end. Raise your hand. And my hand went up like a magnet, like somebody raised it up. And uh, then they asked to go down to the altar and kneel. And it's, it's interesting in the process of me ministering uh, these different forms or expressions of worship that I got saved raising my hand. And bow on my knee. So it's amazing how, how just raising your hands and bowing your knees can, can, can do amazing things in your life. And, and so we just need to understand that, that it's all of God and none of us. Amen? Amen. So today I want to focus on a sacrificial uh, worship expression that produces tremendous results in, in people's lives. This expression of worship, I believe, is practiced right will have one of the greatest benefits in your entire life, both spiritually and physically. This practice of worship has been adopted by most of the influential Bible figures in the Bible. What is this practice of worship, you may ask, that is weaved through the entire Bible? The practice is called fasting and prayer. Amen. And uh, we as a church are going to be embarking on 21. I know we don't, I don't have a lot of kudos on that. Amen. Like, amen, pastor. Uh, we at a church, as a church, we're embarking on 21 days of fasting and prayer starting next Sunday. 
um, why are we starting this year fasting and praying? Is because I really believe that God wants to 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 do extraordinary things um, each year that that we we move into. Amen. Uh, I have a motto for uh, the year 2024: more in 24. Amen. Amen? Can somebody say more, more. in 24? Now, what I'm talking about, I'm not talking about more pain. Amen. I'm talking about more goodness. I'm talking about more grace. I'm talking about more of God's mighty working power working in our life. Greater grace. Can somebody say greater grace? I want to ask you a question. How many people want to go to the next level in God? I don't know about you, but I want to go. I just don't want to stay the same. Amen. I don't want to stay the same. I don't want to be stuck in a rut. You know what a rut is, right? It's, it's, a rut is, is, a, is a grave with the ends kicked out. That's a rut. And we don't want to be, uh, I thought you guys would like that one, but we don't want to be in a rut, amen? And uh, so we want to go to the next level. Uh, uh, and, but if you're going to go to the next level, uh, can I get out of my seat today? If you're going to go to the next level, you're going to have to get intentional. All right. Look at your neighbor and say, get intentional. We got to get intentional. Amen. Uh, the, uh, the worship of pra- uh, practice of fasting can produce so many awesome results in our walk with God. You know, I think about the Bible characters that fasted in the Bible and Moses fasted for 40 days and he wrote the Ten Commandments and the first five books of the Bible. In Exodus 34, 28, it says, So he was there with the Lord 40 days and 40 nights, and he neither ate bread nor drank water, and he wrote on the tablets the words of the covenant, the Ten Commandments. So we see here, in the process of Moses' fasting, God gave him revelation knowledge that he was able to write the Ten Commandments in even the first five books of the Bible. I believe that God wants to reveal some Fresh revelation to each one of us. And perhaps, maybe, God's raising some of you up to do something mighty like Moses. Maybe God might be raising you up to write a book. Boy, it's quiet. (laughs) Oh, my Lord. I mean, I'm not going too far above the scale here. Could God move on your heart to write a book? Could God give you a revelation that, that maybe God may want you to do a podcast Maybe to talk about the goodness of God. Maybe a revelation of God. Don't discount what God can do in your life. One idea from God can not only revolutionize your life, but it can also revolutionize the lives of people all around the world. You got to believe that. You got to believe that God has more in 24. And Elijah also fasted for 40 days. And this fasting broke depression off of Elijah's life, and God gave him fresh direction and renewed purpose. Uh, uh, in 1 Kings 19.8, it says, So he arose and ate and drank, and he went on the strength of the food for 40 days and 40 nights, as far as Horeb, to the mountain of God. So his fast um, pushed him to go to the mountain. And I'm going to say this, some of us are going to go to the mountain going to go to the summit of the mountain in the next three weeks of our fasting. Do you believe that today? Somebody say, I'm going to the summit. And that's the highest peak.
peak of the mountain where you can, at the highest peak of the mountain, you can see greater. Amen. And God wants to show us, hey, God wants to show us greater. Amen. Can I get a witness in the house today? Perhaps you're in a place in your life, uh, you know, uh, Elijah uh, was in a place where he was, you know, he was depressed and uh, he was a little burned out in ministry. Uh, uh, Jezebel uh, gave word to Elijah after he had great victories that she was going to kill uh, Elijah. And so he ran for his life and he was depressed. But his fasting got him out of that. And perhaps maybe you're experiencing life. Anybody ever experienced life out here? And life is not easy, is it? And uh, sometimes we experience life and the stresses of life. And sometimes the stresses of life makes us negative. Can I get a witness now? Sometimes it can bring us into depression. So I want to encourage you that I, I believe this fast that we're going to be engaging in, uh, will, that God will give you fresh revelation, that, that he will give you a fresh desire for, for, for things that he has for you in the future. And, I, and I, I'm going to say this, that God is always speaking, but are we hearing? I'm going to say that again. God is always speaking, but sometimes the noise of life, sometimes the busyness of life keeps us, you know, where we don't really hear what God is saying. And sometimes what we need to do is we might need to fast, maybe shut down some things, shut down our soul ties. Can I get a witness in the house today? Whatever our soul is tied to, you know, TV, uh, uh, entertainment, all this. And we might need to, man, am I, am I, am I challenging you this morning? We, we might need to get, get serious. Am I saying that right? Get serious with God. Look at your neighbor and say, get serious. Amen. So, so, so I want to encourage you. Maybe you're dealing, maybe your, your walk is kind of dry. Maybe you're not where you need to be. But you know what? Fasting and prayer can, can move you in that place, bring you into a fresh move, kickstart your new year. Amen. And so, so I don't know about you. Again, I, I want to experience God's greater grace. And to experience God's greater grace, we must get intentional. Jesus has an, he had an awesome mission before him. And uh, it was to teach the kingdom of God, to bring people into the kingdom. And before Jesus actually went out and ministered, uh, the Bible said the Holy Spirit uh, uh, drew him into the wilderness to be tested for 40 days. And so he had to go through some tests before uh, he went into his public ministry and, uh, you know, uh, he conquered some temptations in the wilderness. And I'm going to say this, that God has a vision for each one of us, but we're not going to move into that vision unless we conquer, I'm preaching to somebody today, some things in our lives. And there's some areas in our lives that we might need to conquer. Can I get a witness in the house today? And these areas can be slowing us down from moving forward into the things of God. Can I get a witness in the house today? They're called weaknesses of the flesh. Does anybody have flesh in here? 
Amen. We all have flesh, and sometimes we have what, what, what the Bible calls weaknesses of flesh. There's things that, that, that we deal with, struggles, insecurities, things of that nature that keeps us from, from moving forward into the, 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 the future that God has for each one of us. Uh, let's look at Luke here. And uh, in, verse, in, in uh, chapter 4, verse 1, Jesus being filled with the Holy Spirit, he was filled with the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, being tempted for 40 days by the devil. This is interesting that the Holy Spirit led Jesus into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. But see, the Holy Spirit already knew some things. The Holy Spirit already knew that, de- that Jesus would have the victory through the process. And you might be going through maybe a wilderness experience in your life. But, but God knows that, that you have the power to overcome any wilderness that you might be walking through. Amen. So, so, so I love this. And so that, so the, uh, so he was tempted by the devil and he was tempted in three areas. Uh, and this is interesting. Before I go into that, uh, the, the, uh, the devil said, if you be the son of God, uh, change these stones into bread. What is the enemy trying to fight us in, in, in the area of our life? He's trying to fight, fight who we are in Christ, our sonship in Christ. And so when the devil said, if you be the son of God, he was challenging. The devil was challenging not only the fast that Jesus was in, but he was challenging who Jesus was. And I'm going to say this to you. The devil will always challenge who you are in Christ. I'm going to say this. You are not your problem. Sometimes the devil will say you have a weakness in your life. And that's what you are. You are your weakness. No, you are a new creation in Christ. Old things are passed away. All things has become new. Amen. And so, and so the devil challenged Jesus' sonship. But what's interesting, because the father, when he got water baptized, the father said to Jesus, my beloved son, who I am well pleased. And then the devil says, if you be the son. Think about that. And I'm going to say this. You are children of the most high and you have the power to overcome in any area of your life. No matter what the devil is trying to challenge you in. And so we see this, that the devil challenged Jesus in three areas. Uh, turning the, uh, the bread uh, or the stones into bread. Uh, jumping off the pinnacle. Uh, uh, even uh, he tried to get Jesus to have a shortcut and said that I, I have all of this and I can hand it to anybody I want it. Because Adam and Eve handed the kingdom of this world to the devil. And so the devil is the God of this world system. And so and so uh, the devil tried to get Jesus to do a shortcut. But Jesus said you should not worship anybody but God. And we know that the devil departed angels came and ministered to Jesus. I, I believe this, that in our fast, you make a commitment to fast. I believe that God can send some angels. I'm, I, I might be going a little high this, this today. 
I believe that God can send His Holy Spirit, His angels, to minister to you in the fast. Do you believe that? And this is, this is the key. I really believe as we stick to this 21-day fast, the Bible says that Jesus, after He won all the temptations in the wilderness, He came out in the power of the Spirit. And I don't know about you, but I want to be walking in more power. I want to be walking in the power of the Holy Spirit. So Jesus conquered three temptations. He, He conquered the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. And we have a race to run, and we're going to have to conquer some of these things if we're going to move into the place that God wants us to move into. I I believe that God is in the promoting business. How many people believe that God is looking to promote? He's looking to raise up. He's looking to do something mighty in some of our lives. He's looking to change the, 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 your situation where you're at right now. He's looking to bring you to the next level. Amen. And so we gotta, we got to make sure that we don't allow some of these weaknesses to keep us back from moving forward in God. In Hebrews, it says, Therefore we also, since we are surrounded, Hebrews 1, 2, <coughs> Since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despised the shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. So I love this. So, so Paul got a revelation that, that we are all in a race. Amen. And he's saying that we are in a race and that we need to lay aside anything that's going to keep us from running our race the way God wants us to run it. In other words, run it for victory. And I love this, and I really believe that, that he says that we need to lay down, and we may not be able to lay down some of our weaknesses without getting serious with God. Sometimes you've got to get serious with God to get some of the, the, the stuff that's, that doesn't please God out of your life. Sometimes you've got to get serious. If you're serious with God, God will get serious with you. How serious are you in moving closer to God in 2024. Amen? And so we need, we need to understand that. So, so I love that. Another scripture that I love about fasting and prayer is Romans 12, 1 and 2. It connects to Hebrews. And it says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God. So your bodies are a living and holy sacrifice. This, is, this message is going over like a lead balloon, I can tell. <laughs> Amen. You guys seem excited, glory to God. But see, listen, it's not easy. It's not fun disciplining yourself. It's not fun putting down some things that you enjoy. It's not, can I get a witness in the house? Sometimes it's hard. It's hard putting down that ice cream and cake. It's hard putting down the, th- the things that your body loves. It's, it's not easy. It's, it's like, look, that, it, that seems like, Pastor, you're trying to ask me to put down some, some good. I'm saying put down some, some temporal things to pick up some eternal things. 
I'm saying that what you're doing and our actions, our bodies, you know, I'm going to say this, your bodies belong to God and we need to, we need to make sure that, that, that we're treating our bodies because our bodies are owned twice, one by right of creation, two by the blood of Jesus. And we need to make sure that, that we're living our lives right where we're not going to be disqualified for the promise. See, Paul said that he, he, he said that he buffets his body. Uh, he didn't say he buffets it. He says he buffets his bodies so that he, he didn't want his body to get out of control unless he would be a castaway. Paul actually said that unless I'm preaching the gospel and then I'm not living the gospel, I don't want to be a castaway. That's pretty strong. Paul said that. So he says, I discipline my body. Man, nobody likes that word discipline. I discipline my body. Amen. And so, and so we are embarking on that 21 day, that Daniel fast. Uh, and, and I really believe that Daniel fast uh, will help us to move in that place. Now, as, as a church, I'm not going to restrict you to just, you know, the Daniel fast, you know, uh, which is you're eliminating meats, sweets, and uh, what else? Meats and sweets and treats, okay? And, uh, and you're eating very healthy, you know, beans, amen? And uh, amen. And so, but we're not that strict, amen? Uh, you know, I just want to encourage you, maybe you can start off, maybe you've never fasted, maybe skip breakfast. And then replace breakfast with the word and prayer. And then maybe eat a lunch, a healthy lunch, amen, and a healthy dinner, amen? But maybe you want to go to the next level. And you say, okay, I'm going to go to the next level, Pastor. I'm going to skip uh, uh, breakfast and lunch and eat one healthy meal a day. And I'm going to add prayer and the Word of God to those two meal days t- times. Amen? So that's called OMAD. One meal a day. And like I kiddingly say, it will make you mad. OMAD. <laughs> so you're eating one meal a day. Amen? You can do that. Say, I can do that. And you can, you say, man, pastor, man, that, it just seems like a lot of sacrifice. I'm, I'm going to say this, that the greatest blessing is always on the altar of sacrifice. Amen. You may just want to do like my wife is going to do. She's going to do the Daniel fast, make it work for her and eat three meals a day. I'm not, I'm not against that either. Amen. I think it's easier. Me, I'm, I may just fast until four o'clock, eat one meal, but eat what I, I, I like. Amen. Eliminating the, 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 um, the, the, the treats. Amen. Eating healthy. Amen. And so, and so, so we're not going to pigeonhole you into a certain way of fasting, but I want you to pray and seek God what you should do. Pray and ask the Lord, you know, what would he have you to do in this next 21 days? Amen. And you might say, well, uh, you know, pastor, this sounds like a lot of legalism. Uh, fasting sounds like a lot of legalism. Yeah, it, it can. But I'm going to say this, that, that um, faith without works is dead. So faith always has corresponding action. And I'm going to say this, that, that you could turn prayer into legalism. I'm preaching to somebody today. You can turn your giving into legalism. And you can turn fasting into legalism as well. 
but it doesn't have to be. You, you can say, well, this is legalism. All you need is faith. Yeah, that's all you need. But our faith has to have some action behind it. Amen. See, see, if you have faith, you're going to act. You're going you're gonna to speak. You're going to do some things. If you have faith, you're going to pray. If you have faith, you're going to give. And if you have faith, you're going to fast. And you say, well, where is that at in the Bible? Well, I'm glad you asked. Because in Matthew, uh, Jesus is talking about these three disciplines. And he says in Matthew 6, 1 and 4, it says, Take heed that you do not do your charitable deeds before men to be seen by them. Otherwise, you have no reward from your Father in heaven. Therefore, when you do a charitable deed, do not sound a trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and the streets, and they may have glory from men. Surely I say to you, they have their reward. But when you do a charitable deed, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, that your charitable deed may be in secret, and your Father who sees in secret himself rewards you. So when I'm reading this, this right here is talking about charitable deeds giving to the Lord. And it's, it, he's saying, therefore, when you do a charitable deed, not if you do a charitable deed. See, if he said, if you do a charitable deed, then, then, then we, we have a prerogative if we're going to give or not. But he says, when you do a charitable deed, that means he's expecting, mm, I'm preaching to somebody today. He's expecting for us to do charitable deeds. Would you say that? If he said, if in there instead of when, then he says, when you pray. So is God... Uh, uh, given us a choice or is, it, or is it an expectation that we should pray? It's an expectation. The Bible says it's all through the Bible. Pray at all times. Uh, cease not to pray. It's all through the Bible. So, so if praying is part of it and giving, it says don't pray like the hypocrites and be loud about it and try to make a bunch of noise. But, um, but he, he gives you these these. these you know, attitudes in, in giving, attitudes in praying. And then he starts giving us an attitude in fasting. He says, when you fast, not if you fast, do not be like the hypocrites. So, so when we're going this fast, we don't want to be, be telling everybody that we're fasting and look at how, how spiritual we are. We're not, we're, not, we're not focused on getting people to pat us on the back or, or to say, oh, I'm so sorry you're not eating these donuts this morning. Because, you know, as soon as you start the fast, can I, t- can, I give, can I give you some truth here? As soon as you start your fast next Sunday, Monday morning, never happens that your coworker is going to bring in your favorite donuts. <laughs> never before, but your donuts. I'm talking about the lemon-filled donut. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Whatever your favorite donut is. I guarantee you they're coming in with some donuts and they're going to say, here you go. And you're like, I made a commitment, you know, and sweat's breaking off your brow because you're looking at those donuts. Right. And those donuts are calling you. Hallelujah. And they're saying, eat me, eat me. Amen. You know, you want that. And then you say, well, I'll start my fast tomorrow. And so you, you put off. No, no, don't put off to, uh, tomorrow what you can do today. Amen. Don't let the enemy, you know, uh, get you in, you know, make a commitment that you're going to stick with it. Make a commitment. Look at your name and say, make a commitment. So, so fasting is an act of worship. You might say it's an act of worship. It is an act of worship. 
I found this in, in the Bible. Yes, I, I, I studied the Bible and I found this that the prophetess Anna uh, in Luke 2, 36 to 38. This is about Jesus, around Jesus uh, uh, being uh, uh, blessed and circumcised that day. And, uh, and so she was there. And let's read this account. There was also a prophet Anna, the daughter of Penuel of the tribe of Asher. She was very old. She had lived with her husband seven years after her marriage and then was a widow until she was 84. She never left the temple, but worshiped night and day, fasting and praying. Notice it says here in the NIV, it says she worshiped night and day, fasting and praying. Could you say that she was a committed woman? She was committed. And coming up to them at that very moment, uh, that that Simeon, Simeon blessed Jesus. She was there and she, she heard the whole thing. She gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. So, so she was at the right place at the right time doing the right thing in the right way. And I believe that as we fast and pray, God will position us. Yes, I'm, I'm saying it this morning. He will position us to, in the right place at the right time, doing the right thing in the right way. And he will position us to, to see his glory. She saw Jesus. She fasted and prayed. And now her name is put in to the eternal Bible for everybody to see the sacrifice that she paid all through her life. Is that amazing? And God wants to do the same for us. Amen. God wants to do the same for us. So, so Anna is, is forever memorialized in the Bible for her faith, faith and fasting and praying. Fasting and prayer will get you to the next level. Fasting and prayer is pulling out the big guns. Fasting and prayer is saying, I am getting serious with God. No matter what, I'm going to walk in God's, God's gr- grace in a greater manner. See, fasting is humbling yourself before God. And see, the Bible says if you humble yourself before God, he will raise you up. Humility is the key to walk in the kingdom of God. It's, it, it's the key to see God's grace in greater manifestation. So fasting and prayer uh, will, will move us into a place where we're worshiping God. In Acts 13, in the book of Acts 13, this is the church has already been established. And it says in the church in Antioch, there were prophets and teachers. Um, and verse 2 says why they were worshiping the Lord and fasting. Notice it said they were worshiping the Lord and fasting. And the Holy Spirit set apart them. Barnabas and Saul for the work which they have called them to do. I'm going to say this. Some of us might not enter. I'm I'm making a bold statement this morning. Some of us might not enter into the call that God has for us unless we start getting close to God. That's a strong statement this morning. You may not enter into the place that God wants you to be. Amen. I believe that God's raising up some givers in the church. There's a ministry of the giver. What does that mean? That means that God will prosper you so much that you will have the finances 
to, to even put into a building for the church that, that, God will, that God's raising up the givers in the last days. The, the wealth of the wicked is laid up for the righteous. Somebody say, I want that ministry. Amen. You, you, you should desire a ministry of the giver to be able to finance the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. And so, and so they fasted and prayed and, and, and again, and they laid hands on Barnabas and Saul and they moved out into the ministry that God has for them. God has a ministry for each one of you, but you have to get close to God to find out what that ministry is because you don't want to miss your call. You don't want to miss what God has for you. And, and your call is connected to the church, glory to God. You, you have a call on your life. That is to bring people closer to Jesus. Amen. Why does fasting please God? Let me close down here. Why does fasting please God? Why does, why, why does willing, why if we're willing to abstain from foods that we love, that sustain us? You know, two of the greatest pleasures for human beings is sex and food. You know that? The two of the greatest pleasures and sex doesn't last forever, but food does. What do I mean by that? I, I mean, by it, it, even in heaven, we're going to be able to eat in heaven. We're not going to have sex in heaven. <laughs> Amen. And so and so and so food is one of the greatest pleasures that human beings can have. I, I was talking to my brother John and Virginia and they went to a restaurant yesterday and uh, it was a brand new restaurant and they were saying how good that restaurant was. It was amazing. Amen. And, uh, and, and how the, the food and the, and, and the service was amazing. And, um, and so they were talking about that. Food is one of our greatest pleasures. Can, can somebody get, give me an amen on that? Amen. <laughs> Somebody's like, no, I don't. <laughs> I go without food for weeks, you know. No, listen, food is one of our greatest pleasures. Why would God have us put down one of the greatest pleasures of life? Why would God do that? Because God, really, when you're you're willing to put down one of the greatest pleasures of life for God, you're saying God is more valuable than that. You're saying, God, you're more valuable than one of the greatest pleasures that I experience in life. You're more valuable than that meal. You're more valuable than French toast. You're more valuable. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? You're more valuable than that leg of lamb. You're more valuable uh, than that steak dinner with a baked potato full of, uh, you know, uh, butter and sour cream. You're more valuable than that. I know you guys are about ready to eat. But you're more valuable to that. And I'm willing. See, when you say to God, you're willing to push <coughs> away, <coughs> excuse me, to push away uh, the, the, the food and to receive something greater, something spiritual. God is pleased by that. Amen. Amen. It's one of the greatest pleasures. So why does God like that sacrifice? Well, think about this. Think about this. How did sin come into mankind? Think about this. Sin came into mankind when Adam and Eve ate the forbidden fruit. So they ate the fruit of the knowledge of good and evil. I'm, I'm getting you thinking this morning. They ate the fruit and they ate us out of the Garden of Eden. That them eating caused a curse to come on this planet. 
It was for them to fulfill their fleshy desires. It was the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life was all wrapped up in that fruit. It was to give, get, give them, to, uh, give them wisdom, amen, to be like God, amen, and it, and it looked good to eat. And so, and so food was the very thing that, that caused mankind to fall. But then God's saying, well, if you fast, it can cause you to rise, it can cause you to go to the next level in God. Adam and Eve, you know, they sold out the human race for, for the forbidden fruit. And I'm going to say this, as we set our heights, sights on Jesus and we're willing to push away uh, the mills, like Jesus said, men shall not live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. I don't know about you, but I'm willing for the next three weeks to push away some food, to push away some things that I like so that I can receive something greater. Greater. You know, the eternal things are greater than the natural things that we have today. And I'm not just living for today. I'm living for eternity. And I, you need to have a perspective, an eternal perspective. And maybe there's something that God may want you to do. Maybe God may want to open up some fresh ideas. Maybe a business, to start a business. Maybe to do something uh, greater in your life so that you can be greater and so that you can help the kingdom of God. Whatever it might be, you need to get close to God to find out what it is. You need that burning bush experience. You know, Moses, you know, he was, his life was humdrum, I believe. He was just doing the same thing over and over again. And all of a sudden, he saw that bush that was burning. And God spoke to him through the bush. And God called Moses and said, I want you to deliver the people of Israel. Tell Pharaoh to let my people go. And Moses didn't think he had it in him. He didn't think that he, that, 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 that he had what it took. You know, he, he killed somebody at 40. He thought he lost the ministry. But I'm going to say this. You may seem like you may have lost some areas in your life, but God can revitalize it. God can move you in to the next level. You're never too old or never too young to move in the giftings and the callings of God in your life. And I'm going to say this again. You got to get close to God. You got to get in a place where you're seeking God to get that burning bush experience so that you can get onto the mountaintop and get a vision where God wants you to go. And I believe that 2024, God's going to do some amazing things in this church. I believe that we're moving to the next level. you got to believe that, that, that you're not staying the same, that you're going higher. You can go higher in every area of your life. Amen. You believe that? Amen. Somebody say, I'm going, I'm going higher. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Father, I just thank you, Lord God, that you are preparing us for greater grace. You're preparing us. For your glory. And Father, we're going to seek you. We're going to seek your face. We're going to put you first place in 2024 so that we can experience more. And Father, I thank you for those that are watching and listening. Perhaps you've never bowed your knee to Jesus. Well, the Bible says today is the day of salvation. You may not have another chance. So I want to uh, just inspire you, encourage you to confess this simple prayer that will bring you into a relationship with God 
through Jesus Christ. Just say this out loud and mean in your heart. Say, dear God, I believe Jesus died on the cross for my sins. I believe Jesus was raised from the dead for my justification. Today, I receive you, Jesus, as my Lord and Savior. Thank you for saving me. And Heavenly Father, fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. We thank you for listening to this message. For more information, visit us at exceedlifechurch.org.